Listen up or run for cover. Dropping knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. The, the real Bradley Bombs is dropping. What it is, Brad Lee back again with another edition of Dropping Bombs today in the studio, folks. Or not in the studio, but via camera in my studios. I've got the best treat for you on the planet. This guy's getting media attention left and right briefly because they'll take his ass down every time he shows up somewhere. So I said, man, I got to get a piece of Dr. Rashid Buttar. Welcome, doctor. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate you having me. Man, dude, it's my pleasure and it's my honor. I've been listening to your videos. Obviously, they get taken down quite frequently off of YouTube and Facebook and, and the various uh, social media platforms. And, you know, I've listened to all of them. Or I don't know about all of them because I'm not aware. I don't know how many you've done, but I've listened to quite a few. And I'm wondering, why are they taking you down? You're not saying anything crazy. Like I see two girls in a cup. I see flat earthers, I see aliens and, and, and all these conspiracy theorists all over YouTube, all over Facebook. But, but then when I see your content, it's not that crazy, but they take you down. Why do you think that is? I think it's because the COVID-19 conspiracy question mark videos that we started putting out there, it was a question. It wasn't, I wasn't trying to introduce a thought process in anybody's head. I wasn't trying to make them think a certain way. I just asked a question and then I traveled down that road trying to answer that question. And each video, each subsequent video built upon the previous one. And some of these videos were almost uh, an hour long. The first one was facts versus fiction. The second one was toxicology ignored or toxicity ignored. Third one was Corrupted Agenda. And Corrupted Agenda was the first one that YouTube took down when it hit a million views within about two days. Then Facebook followed and took it down. The fourth one was this technology and immunity. I, if I say this word, you know, you, you lead it. If you say the word, then I'll say it, but otherwise I don't want to create a problem for you. But you talk about this technology and immunity. That was, a, that was a fourth video. They took that down as soon as it hit a million. I think that hit almost a million within like 18 hours. And then the fifth one was deceptive agenda and deceptive agenda. We didn't even pull out the, put out the whole video. We only put out a part of it, but we knew that would get taken down because I had seven different of the nine websites and videos that I had shown in that video. Seven of them had been taken down about an hour or two before we were scheduled to release. So we didn't even release the full part five, which was deceptive agenda. Part six was just recently released and that was self-empowerment. And we've got two more coming out. So th those videos, you know, people can't see them anymore, but they are, I'm going to give people the reference where they can go and they can download it. I don't want you to just go and watch them now. I want you to download them because censorship is a major issue. And, you know, we'll talk about that, Brad, in a second, if that's where, where you want to go. Wherever you want to go, I'm going to go. But I'll tell you right now, from my standpoint, censorship is the biggest problem in the entire world right now. They're preventing the public from becoming informed because as soon as the public becomes informed, they become empowered. When you become empowered, you can no longer be victimized. And that's the reason that they're censoring everything. They're censoring it because they want to maintain control. They don't want people to know the truth. And I think that the reason they're censoring me more than everybody else is because, look, I don't have an agenda. You can't buy me. I'm not running for election. You, you know, I, I like kind of you said before we got in the air, you don't give a crap. Okay. If there's one person on this planet that doesn't give a crap more than you, Brad, it's me. And that's nice. because 
my kids are the most important thing in my life. And if this agenda that they've got comes to fruition, my kids won't have kids. And I don't even know if my kids will be able to survive or your kids or anybody else's kids. This is the most serious thing that has ever been that the, that the human species has ever faced in recorded history. And it has to be stopped. You know, uh, for those of you listening right now, you might be watching. And by the way, if they take this down, you know, oh, well, I'll figure out a way. You follow me on social media. We'll get it to you. And I want to make sure, doctor, that that link that, you, that people can download all these videos are there. I got a lot of people in the bomb squad, a lot of creative people. My suggestion would be download the videos so you have them and then make stuff out of them. You, you were saying earlier, what we were talking, that, that, that they're free to use them however they want. They, they can make videos. They can use the footage. It's basically your goal to get the word out, correct? Absolutely. I, in fact, appreciate anybody that's doing that. There have been a couple of people with six, seven million followers that on YouTube, and they've taken an hour-long video, and they've made it into a much more beautiful, succinct version, getting the information out there. And you know, people have gotten done their different versions. I, I don't care about it. I would appreciate if they put a link back to our YouTube channel, but you know, this is about information to get more information out there. So anybody that wants to do that, they're welcome to do that. I just want to get the truth out there because we have an unbelievable opportunity, Brad, right now. And when I say we, I mean the planet. I mean the citizens of the planet. Everything that has happened over the last 60, 70 years, and if you really want to look at it over the last few hundred years, but if you really, really want to look at it, you know, it, this goes back thousands of years. It's been misinformation upon misinformation. It's always been divide and conquer. It's Democrat against Republican. It's black against white. It's, you know, Muslim against Jew. It's Christian against Muslim. It's everything that they can do to create division. Even within Islam, you've got Sunni against Shiite. Within Christianity, you've got Catholics against Protestants. It's always about division. And people have to understand right now that this is the first time that it has become evident that we are, <clears throat> we are all in the same boat. <clears throat> Excuse me. Maybe that's and why it doesn't. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say that we are all in the same boat as a human species. And more and more, the, the agenda of dividing us and then conquering us is becoming evident. And, you know, you want to talk about conspiracy theory, we'll talk about conspiracy theory, but I want you to remember where that term came from. Conspiracy theory was a term that was coined by the Central Intelligence Agency, by the CIA, uh, right around the time of the JFK assassination. And it was designed to throw off, minimize, and ridicule anybody that would ask the question that would open up a narrative as to who killed John F. Kennedy. And that's where it all started from. And I'll tell you right now, the conspiracy aspect, it's very true, okay? The theory aspect, that ship sailed a long time ago. This is way beyond the theory now. There's science, there's evidence, there's all sorts of proof to show that this has nothing to do with a theory. This is not theoretical. This is factual. And that's why I believe my, my videos have been taken down because I show the facts. I show the proof. Well, that, that you know separation and diverse, uh, you know, that diversification doesn't work on me. I'm a Christian Buddhist Jew. I like it, man. That's exactly what I am. Yeah. So, so I know there's truth in, in, in all of it. The question is, is, you know, who's right, who's wrong. But at the end of the day, I agree with you, you get a thousand percent on that. And, and those three letters that you mentioned, you, you said them out loud, the C, the I, and the A. Now that's the, the, the shit I'm afraid of because dude, there's some scary, some bitches, even JFK, 
said he was going to dismantle them because what he yeah. discovered. And then next thing you know, he's got a bullet in his head. Yeah. That's exactly and, and, right. you, and I'm sure you've heard Project Mockingbird. Absolutely. You're one of the few people that's actually talked about Project Mockingbird. Yeah. Well, because like, I'm telling you. you heard of Project Daylily too? Project Sagan? Uh, Daylily? No. Okay. Daylily. I got to look this up because again, a lot of, I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't believe shit just because people say to believe shit. Listen, I think internally we have a natural ability to feel the truth. Like you can Absolutely. feel when people are bullshitting you and you can feel when shit makes sense and when it doesn't make sense. And as soon as this thing whole started and they shut down the whole planet, I'm like, dude, this is not over a disease and a few deaths. And if it's true, if this is being shut down because of COVID, well, then, dude, it is far more deadly than they're telling us. Like, they don't want us to shit our pants and freak out. So they're saying it's not that deadly. I said, but if they're, sh if they're doing this worldwide, this is either the most deadly thing about ready to kill a lot of people or, or it's about something else. Now, well, you uh, let me just, if I can just respond to that. It sure. is extremely deadly, and it's going to kill a lot of people, but it's not the COVID-19. Well, that's what's coming, correct? Correct. Right. And I want to talk about that. But, but man, I got so many questions. We could be on here for like seven days. So I'm trying to think through. Now, the, 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 the thing you're talking about that said we'll get this banned if we mention the two letter, the, the, the number and the letter, I'm going to say it rhymes with jive free. Okay. It rhymes with jive free. If you look at the top right of your phone, it probably says it in the top right hand of your phone in the corner. So this is what I keep hearing. They're, they're running around with all these jive-free towers, and, and they want us in our house so they can erect these towers. Do you think that's got any semblance of truth? Absolutely. So, they, so they're saying, get in your houses so, so people can erect towers that we don't notice? Like, I wouldn't have cared if they were erecting a tower, nor would I have known that it was a jive-free tower. Well, well neither, neither would I have... Uh, been aware of it and I wouldn't have cared either except the fact that there's 2,000 studies that have been done to show the detrimental effects of this technology and the technology itself has been talked about for a number of years but it hasn't been rolled out even the stuff that's here in the states when you see it on your phone it's not the it, it's more a marketing component they haven't really started rolling out this on a mass scale they did in Wuhan they did in Italy they did in Iran they have some of this in New York. They have some of this in California. They have some of it in fragmented areas, but they haven't rolled it all out. In fact, in Wuhan, they only had 2,000 of the 13,000 or 14,000, however many towers they had. They only had 2,000 of those towers that were turned on, and they turned them on in December of 2019. Now, lest anybody misunderstands, there are some people that are out there saying that this technology caused COVID-19. No, it didn't cause it. But think of this as a three-pronged stool. All right. You've got an issue of toxicity. You've got an issue of change in the radio frequency electromagnetic fields that are being generated, which is what this technology falls under. And then you've got a previous history of what's been done to people over the last decade under the pretense of public safety. And when you put those three things together, it's the perfect storm. It's like having the eggs, the flour and the milk to make the cake. All right. If you don't have the milk or you don't have the flour, you don't have the eggs, you, you can maybe make something, but it's not going to be that destructive. But you have all three 
it's extremely, extremely deadly. And then what they're going to be doing coming, rolling out, that's going to make, it's going to be basically this issue that's causing the problem. And then they're going to use the more people as they get sick, they're going to use the pretense of, oh my God, the second wave of COVID-19 coming, which they're already talking about. I mean, guys, we can't predict the, the market, right, for the next day or two, but they're telling us the, what virus is going to come out and when it's going to come out. And Dr. Fauci came out in 2017 and said that there's going to be a surprise pandemic in this presidency. And now they're talking about the second wave coming. I, I know that they know that there's a second wave coming. And I know it's not because the crystal ball is really shined up well. It's because they planned it. It's being orchestrated and it's being executed. Actually, from an from a evil standpoint, this is a brilliant strategy. If it wasn't so evil, um, I would be very impressed, but it is very evil, and, it, and, and I don't use the word evil loosely, okay? I'm not a person that says things are good or bad. I say that's a, that's a matter of how you interpret it. Something that happens to somebody that's bad, well, there's always a good lining there. There's always a silver lining there. Brad, this thing is evil to the point that it makes Hitler look like an innocent little child. It is evil. So, so let's pretend right now that all of that is accurate and it is deadly and it is going to kill a lot of people. If, if this jive free network gets, gets erected uh, successfully, what makes they uh, invincible to the same thing? Like, in other words, why would we, like, in other words, if I knew um, something was going to kill my neighbors, what makes me not have to deal with the same magnetic waves as everybody else. And first of all, who is they, do you think? I think it's part and parcel of the, the puppet masters that control Fauci and probably control Gates, even though Gates is the front man. And, you know, this again comes back into areas that I am not that well versed in. There are many other people that have talked to me about it. I don't know how much of that is factual or not, because again, that's not my area of study. I haven't looked into that as extensively. There's a lot of interesting things. I do know that Bill Gates is a eugenist. He's believed in population control. He's been known and publicly recorded as talking about depopulation, the need for depopulation, depopulation through vaccinations. His track record of the vaccines and what he's done with vaccines is un, it's like unbelievably atrocious. There's so many thousands of lawsuits against him in other countries, you know, India being one of them, massive number of lawsuits, the number of people in Africa that he has maimed firsthand. It, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he's uh, over there testing. He's over there testing vaccines from what they say. Well, he's also rolled out vaccine schedules in these other countries over the last 10 years, again, under the pretense of public safety and has caused more mayhem and more chaos than Hitler did. Just him alone. And yeah, well, his... His computer system's done the same thing. It's got well, viruses. Exactly. He couldn't keep viruses out of the you know, windows. What, does he, what specialty or education or knowledge base does he has that he thinks he can keep viruses out of the human system? And the bottom line is, you know, I, I, don't, I don't even think this guy has a soul, man, because there's no way that you could ever do something like this, understanding and, and respecting our connectedness, having any spirituality, ha believing in karma, whatever this guy is beyond any human capacity for doing wrong things that I have ever even been able to contemplate or imagine. Yeah, so, so well, well, well before, before we keep continue, I wanna find out your opinion on this. These people that are, that are behind this, even for billions and billions, if all of these towers kill people, won't it kill them too? 
Well, you know, this is a very good question. Again, as I mentioned, if you have the flour and the batter and the, you know, the eggs and the, and the milk, that it's a perfect storm. They don't want anybody to figure out what's been happening. So they've been laying things into our, into our systems using these vaccines, the H1N1, the trivalent flu shot, the COVID flu shot. They've already found out that even though there's been no exposure to COVID-19, when you go back into these cat studies and, and mice and rat studies, and even in humans, they're seeing that without any exposure to COVID-19, they're testing positive for COVID-19. So they call it a false positive, meaning that it's false that, they, they, that the test is positive, um, but it's positive, and so they're calling it false because there's no way it could be positive. In actuality, that's a load of rubbish. They're not false positives, they're accurate, they are positives because of the stuff that's been introduced into our systems, into the human systems, from the trivalent, the covalent, flu shots, as well as the H1N1, and probably many other vaccines that have been out there. Now, and the studies have shown this. This goes all the way back to 1984. They've got studies that show uh, in the animal model, people testing positive for coronavirus despite no exposure to coronavirus. So you know that they have formaldehyde, nickel, aluminum. Uh, they have DNA adducts. They have mutated human cell lines. They have dog kidneys. Well, mercury is the second most toxic known to man. But I'm talking about all these other components with viral components coming from other species that are coming into the, the human genome at, when you inject these virus, these uh, vaccines into children and into adults. So how do you know, how do I know, how does anybody know what other things were being injected into our bodies back then? I mean, there's been people that are talking about nanotechnology and things that have been injected. I have no idea, but I can tell you this. There is no justification to be injecting formaldehyde into the body. There is no justification to be injecting the second most toxic substance, according to the EPA, into the human body, uh, i.e. mercury. There's no justification of uh, injecting nickel into the body. There's no justification for adding mutated human cell lines into vaccines and, and introducing them into the human body. There's no justification for any of this garbage. And I don't know what else they've been injecting. So that's one part of it. Now you've got this technology. Now you've got this other component. Think of it again as the eggs. The, the milk and the flour, without any one of those ingredients, the cake is gonna, isn't going to rise. But if you put all these things together, people are going to fall like flies. And so the question that you're asking is what pr protects them? I don't think that they've been introducing that stuff into themselves. They certainly aren't going to be taking the new vaccine that's going to be coming down the pipeline. They've probably been eating foods that are a lot cleaner and making sure that they've been you know, keeping their systems as clean as possible. Or it's possible they're just idiots and have no idea the implications that's going to impact them. Only, the, only those at the highest level would probably be aware of it. The lower minions probably are unaware of it. The point is that, and can I, can I just draw out, it's kind of like, I want to tell you this, and we, we're kind of beating around the bush. Can I just come out and tell you what's about to happen, and then, then we yes. can go back and make more sense? Yes. Okay. So you know that everybody's talking about this vaccine. The, the media has propagated. If there's one culprit here that should be hung and quartered and burned and anything that we can do to the mainstream media has not just been complicit in this. The mainstream media has propagated it. They are criminally responsible for this. There are people right now out there that are dying of hunger all over the world, but the media has pushed this agenda of the COVID-19, which is absolute hogwash. It is ludicrous. And you can see any of the videos where I go back and I explain like the, the stupidity with the mask, okay? The, the masks are designed, supposedly they're telling people that they can't, in fact, even the airlines are now mandating that you should wear a mask. I mean, one, I'm not gonna wear the mask because I'm allergic to stupidity. But besides that, a mask is used for a purpose in a surgical field or in, a, in an intensive care unit uh, scenario. The mask is not meant to protect the doctor or the nurse. 
It's meant to protect the individual from what we're carrying. It's meant to keep the doctor in an open surgical field where it's sterile, keeping him from spitting, coughing, sneezing, drooling into that surgical field. It's meant to keep the surgical field sterile. What do we do? We're telling people to go ahead and start wearing these surgical masks. When a person in the Far East wears a surgical mask out in public, they're not wearing it to protect themselves. They're wearing it so that the other people that they encounter don't get the infectious process that they're carrying if they've got a cold or the flu. So they're trying to protect the public, right? They're trying to protect other people. We have completely flipped the purpose of a surgical mask to say that people should be using it to protect themselves. Now, here's the, the sad part. If you wear a mask, you are making yourself susceptible to an increased viral load because what creates that physiological response in an individual? Okay. You're wearing a mask, you're sucking oxygen through a mask. There's a resistance that you have to overcome when you're sucking that oxygen in, which now causes a stress on your physiology, okay? Think of it as after having run a sprint, you're sucking air, right? Well, now you're sucking air through this mask. That causes the body to go into a state of stress. It's called the sympathetomimetic drive. It's a flight fight response, which now causes a cascade, hormonal cascade to occur, which is a spike in your cortisol. Cortisol is a stress hormone. When cortisol goes up, your heart rate goes up, all sorts of other stressors start to occur, which now creates a decrease in your lymphocyte subpopulation. It causes a decrease in your immune response. Your body's immune response is no longer functional the way it should be. Now, during these periods of stress, if you look at Steiner's work during the Spanish, American, uh, during the Spanish uh, flu back in 1918, uh, there's two virological models. You've got the modern day accepted one, and then you've got a more evolved one, which is what I believe, but regardless of whichever one you believe, it doesn't make any difference. You come to the same conclusion. Viruses are DNA, RNA fragments. They are not live. They're not dead. They're part and parcel of our physiology. Without viruses, humans would have been extinct hundreds of thousands of years ago. Viruses allow us to evolve. Viruses allow our systems to become what we call adaptogenic. It allows for minuscule mutations to occur over time so that we can adapt to our environment. That's the whole purpose behind uh, the, the way the creator designed our systems. And that's why the virals are, the virus is so important to our systems, all viruses. Now, when we start looking at the COVID-19, that is not a naturally occurring virus. It is a chimeric derivative. It is a man-made Frankenstein version of a virus. And, and part three on our COVID-19 conspiracy videos explains that, shows the science. Part one explains part of it, part three does, and part five does. So I'm not gonna go into that. People can go and watch those. But, but what's happening, is that when your body is stressed, there's an increase in viral shedding. There's an increase in the release of viruses. Where are they being released from? From within our cells, because that's where they live. Viruses come out and it's creating an increased mobilization, if you will, of the viruses within our system. So wearing the mask is not only idiotic, it's actually promoting their agenda. When I say they're the, the people that are responsible for this, this pandemic, it's actually making people more susceptible to getting sick. Okay, what else are they doing? Stay at home, isolation. I go through all these things in those videos. So I'm gonna jump forward now, Brad, if it's okay, to kind of tell you what's going on, what's really getting ready to happen, because I haven't covered this. I think only one video has covered this, and that's just recently I came up, but I wanna get this new information out to people because it's critical people understand this, all right? I got your blessing on that? Yeah, man, come on, man. I wanna drop this episode right now. I wish we were going live. All right, so here's what's happening. 
there is this prediction that there's going to be a second wave. There is going to be a second wave. The second wave, the reason they know it is because they're planning it. So here's how the wave is going to happen. They're going to ease the restrictions right now. People are going to start coming out. And one, people have been in their houses. They've been stressed out. They come out. Their systems are haven't adapted enough because they've been stressed out. They're, they're walking out into an environment. Again, it's like they've been kept in a sterile environment. People are going to get sick when they come out just because they've been away from each other. So that's a normal process when you, know, you have a bunch of people together. People are going to get a little sick. They're going to introduce the vaccines. More people are going to get sick. The new technology that's being rolled out while we're being kept in homes is going to be turned on. And a lot of people are going to get sick. So you got a combination of people coming back out from their sterile, closed-in, um, protected environments into a public environment where everybody's the, you know, the normal, just like a normal person when they come out from the store and you touch a grocery cart or something like that, and then you catch a normal flu. So people are going to get sick from that. Then they're going to be introducing the vaccines that are going to make more people sick. And then you've got this new technology that's going to make more people sick. So you've got a whole bunch of people that are going to start getting sick, and they're going to use that as a justification. Oh, my God, the new COVID wave is coming through. And then they're going to say the vaccine is mandatory. And now they're going to vaccinate more people, and that's where you're going to have millions of people dying. Not hundreds of thousands, not tens of thousands, millions. Now, some people may think, Dr. Patar, you're full of crap, and you're an idiot, and you're crazy. That's fine. They're welcome to say anything they want. But in 10 years ago, in 2010, if you go back and you look at the videos that were put out from CNN, all the mainstream media, they had President Obama talking about 60 million people in the U.S., 20% of the population was going to die from something called the H1N1. H1N1 is, was another man-made virus, okay? The, the guy who did all the research on the H1N1, and, and I'm sorry, the guy that did all the research on Tamiflu, which is the most vi most utilized antiviral drug on the market. He's a researcher from Australia. I forget his name, but he put out a video and he was talking about the H1N1. H1N1 is basically part of the bird flu, swine flu, etc. When you start looking at the H1N1, there's a Eurasian strain of the swine flu and there's an uh, America strain from the swine flu, North and South America. They have never crossed. He showed an electron microscopy slide that showed the H1N1 having components both of the Eurasian strain and the America strain and it was like a perfect surgical incision okay it was like a perfect precise cut and he was hemming and hawing about how this occurs because you could tell that he was trying to say that this is man-made and he didn't come out and say it's man-made he said this just doesn't occur naturally well it doesn't occur naturally because there's no such thing with a surgical precision of a cut where you take two different viruses and put them together it was structured that way moreover h1n1 was actually patented, the virus was patented in Austria by Baxter, which is a large pharmaceutical manufacturer. Now, nine months before the first case of H1N1. Now, there were people talking about the necessary, uh, the necessity of actually getting the H1N1 vaccine. And if they didn't, masses would die. In Germany, they committed to 98% of the population would be paid for to, to get the vaccine. They revolted, the public didn't want it. In UK, they did that. In the US, the nursing associations from Washington State and New York refused it. They were willing to go all the way to the Supreme Court to protest the unconstitutionality of having to be mandated to take a vaccine that hadn't been adequately studied. People laughed at the H1N1, nobody took it, and that's the reason 60 million people did not die. They refused it, that's why. Now, there was a case that was reported 
in the Los Angeles Times about a hospital in Los Angeles called Martin Luther King Hospital where they had 64 cases of people that died of H1N1 and nobody was talking about it and they thought it was an outrage and then boom, the story goes dead. Now I happen to record that story and I happen to have recorded that Tamiflu researcher because it took his video off too. And then I put out uh, some videos, this was 10 years ago. They, they talk about the H1N1, how bad it is, and they're talking about the 64 deaths in, in Los Angeles time, and the story goes dead. And I'm trying to figure out, why did the story go dead? So I'm looking in the archives and the, and the websites that contain archives of other websites. Even in those archived websites, all traces of that article disappeared. You couldn't find it. It was like nobody had ever written it. I happen to have a friend that was working at Martin Luther King Hospital, a surgeon. I contacted him. And I asked him, I said, that was a load of rubbish, wasn't it? And he said, no, man, all 64 were real deaths. They actually died and they were verified H1N1. They were tested. And now I'm shocked. But, to, you know, your name of your show is Dropping Bombshells. That's when he dropped the bombshell on me. He said, yeah, they were all tested and they had all H1N1. But they were also all 64 of them had had the H1N1 vaccine. All 64 that had the vaccine died. Now. The reason we didn't have 60 million deaths in the U.S., and by the way, what I'm talking about is applicable to the whole world, but the reason we didn't have 60 million deaths in the U.S. was because people refused to take the H1N1, and that's exactly what has to be done now, because if they don't, they will have millions and millions of people, not just in the U.S., but over the world. And I, I'm not kidding you. I believe that if this agenda goes through, there will be billions of people that will die because their agenda, Gates' agenda, his eugenic agenda is that the world cannot sustain a population over 500 million, that one out of 15 people have, should be surviving, 14 out of 15 need to be eliminated. 7.7 .7 billion people on this planet right now, and they want less than a billion, half a billion people, which means one out of 15 would be surviving, 14 out of 15 would be eliminated. So, you know, I, I know people are gonna think that this is, this is way too much for people to handle, but I wanna explain to you how they're gonna do this. So now we come back, after the second wave hits that they're going to, under false pretense, say it's COVID-19, but it's not gonna be COVID-19, it's gonna be the rollout of this technology that people are gonna be exposed to, which is coming to a much greater extent. Remember in Wuhan, they turned on these towers in December and that's when people started dropping. They've been introducing this stuff into, when I said this stuff, various types of poisons we don't even know about into our children, into us, for people that have been taking the flu shot. I haven't had a flu shot since 1992, I, I, I refuse to, but for people that have had this, they're going to be susceptible. All these people that are supposedly dying of COVID-19 all over the world, I want to know how many of them had the trivalent flu shot, covalent flu shot, and the H1N1 shot. That's what I want to know. Of course, they're not going to put that data out because if they do, it's going to be a clear pattern. 99% I predict would have had those shots. All okay, right, so quick, quick question. Quick question. And by the way, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm famous for interrupting only because I'll forget and I haven't said a word, but this one's important. If we've already gotten the shots, like my children, uh, how do we get it out? Is there any way to get this shit out of us? Uh, the stuff that I know that's in, in the body, like nickel and formaldehyde and mercury, yes, we know how to take that out. And we've been taking that kind of stuff out for, for many years. There are other things like the DNA adducts and such. There are things that can be done to neutralize them about getting them out. I don't know. But the problem isn't the things that we know and understand, Brad, the things that what has been introduced that we are not aware of. That's the concern because we don't know all the stuff that they've been injecting. The mere fact that these people are testing positive for COVID-19 and have never been exposed to it. And then you go back into these studies from 2018, 2014, 1984, and you see these 
positive for COVID-19 or positive for coronavirus, and then the, the so-called authorities, you know, when you, when you talk to them, uh, the virologists that are part and parcel of Fauci's crew, when you talk to them, they're like, oh, well, there's a false positive. And the media is reporting them as false positive. They're not false positives. That test is picking up something that was introduced into the body previously. It's just like when we call side effects of drugs side effects. They're not side effects. They're direct freaking effects of those drugs. They're not desired, so we call them side effects, but they're direct effects. I mean, just think about the idiocy of it. You know, if I punch somebody in the face and breaks their teeth and said, well, that's a side effect. No, it's not. It's a direct effect. I punched the person, they broke their teeth. That's a direct effect. You don't, can't call it a side effect. Just because it's not desired, you can't say, well, that's a side effect. This is the same thing with conspiracy. You can call it a conspiracy. You can call it whatever the hell you want. The truth remains the truth. And that's the issue. So coming back, was that thunder or what was that? No, that's the bomb dropping. Anytime you say something, I think, man, people better pay attention to, I drop a bomb. But the I problem is, is that the whole thing would be a damn bomb. So I got to just sparingly drop them. But at the end of the day, that's powerful shit right there. And people better pay attention. Better pay attention because, again, even if you don't believe it, I mean, there's always these dickheads that, that go back and forth. It's like, you know, well, you know, oh, you're so full of shit. Dude, this guy's a conspiracy doctor. Okay, who do you believe? Oh, I believe this doctor that says that doctor's full of shit. Okay, well, look, folks. Even in commercials, four out of five doctors can't seem to agree on something. It's like, dude, if both doctors have a different opinion, could it possibly be theoretically possible that one's right and one's wrong? Okay, so now who do you believe? Because the question is, we don't know. We just don't know. We don't know. But what you're saying sounds, okay, on one hand, a little bit crazy. Like, you mean there's this scary group of people that want to inject us so 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 we all die and then and then you start looking at the history books and the global elitist and the people that are actually they've existed it's documented go look this shit up it's real it's not like you're making it up correct that's that brad listen you want to know about different doctors doctors are probably i'm just Right now, the evidence is that the doctors out there, that the fact that the vast majority have not opened their mouths shows you that they are motivated by fear. Doctors are the greatest population of individuals as a whole. They have been attributed as being highly intelligent. They're not highly intelligent. I can tell you my profession is not highly intelligent. If you want to say what our profession is really, really, really well known for and what you can say that nobody can compete with doctors is the ability for them to process information and the ability for them to carry a workload. Doctors carry more workload on their shoulders than any other profession. But as far as raw cognitive ability, intelligence, no, they don't have it. They're glorified cookbook. They're following a cookbook, okay? They're glorified cooks, that's all they are. And, and, when you and I'll take any doctor on and I'll explain that. This is one reason, you know, I've always been kind of considered a rebel, but I'll tell you very, very simply that all my friends that were in college that were really, really smart, they didn't go into medicine. They went into chemical engineering. They went into electrical engineering. They went into business. They didn't go into medicine. You got to really want to help people to go into medicine, especially nowadays, okay? And, I, and I'll, we can talk about that later if you want. But doctors are also like mules. They're stubborn and, and they're perfect as far as agents for, for this type of a hierarchy that's been created for the last 100, 150 years. The Flexner report that came out and, and Basically, anything that was natural occurring, they got rid of it, and they wanted everybody to be focused on pharmaceutical medicine. Physiology is how the body works. Pharmacology is intervening with chemicals. Modern medicine is all about pharmacology. It's all about pharmacology. Nobody even understands how the freaking body works, okay? 
you, you know, you get, you get diarrhea. What does a doctor do? Doctor gives you uh, an anti-emetic to keep you from throwing up or they give you, if you get a, you know, the stomach flu or they give you an anti-diarrheal to make sure that you don't have the diarrhea. That's what they do. They stop it up. But why is the body react? I'm just using a physiology example, a physiological example that would make sense. All right. So why does the body have this process when it gets a viral infection that it, when it gets a viral gastroenteritis that you start throwing up and you have diarrhea? Why does it do that? Because the way the creator designed our systems is that when you have something that's irritating your system, you want to one, throw it up or two, get it out the other end so that you can expel whatever the thing that's irritating you. So what do modern medicine doctors do? My colleagues will either give an anti-emetic or an anti-diarrheal to stop the process. So now something that would last for 24 to 48 hours lasts seven to 10 days because they just stopped everything up. You know what? The, the only time that I will ever prescribe, I'll never prescribe an anti-emetic unless a person's dehydrated, and I'll never prescribe an anti-diarrheal unless it's a combat situation. When I was in the military, if you know, you don't want to get shot by the enemy if you've got diarrhea and you're taking a squat to, you know, to do your business. That's the only time. Otherwise, my treatment is hydration, minerals, rest, boom. Within 24 to 48 hours, it's done. My point is that physiologically, if you understand what's happening with the body, then you work with the physiology. But pharmacology tries to disturb the physiology. Pharmacology is designed to impact drugs. I'm sorry, impact physiology using drugs to block reactions. Our bodies have over 100,000 reactions per cell per second. Now you think that me or you or anybody else is smart enough, maybe we're smart enough to know how taking that one chemical into our bodies would affect that first reaction, maybe even the second reaction. But what about the other 999,998 reactions that are occurring every freaking second in every cell of our body? How do we understand what the implications are there? And we don't. Now, when you were talking about two different doctors have different opinions, I don't care about a doctor's opinion. I really don't. In fact, I don't, I don't care whether anybody takes my opinion. My job is when people come in and if they don't agree with me, I tell them, there's a door, you know, you can leave anytime you want. I didn't ask you to come here. I, I need another patient. I can need a hole in my head. I've got patients from 93 countries and we don't advertise. It's because people get better. It's basic understanding of how human physiology works. The problem with medicine is they've completely forgotten how physiology works. They're all about pharmacology because that's what they're driven to. That's what the pharmaceutical companies drive us to. That's what the medical system is designed to push the agenda of pharmacology. If you, if you do something natural, then the doctor, and I'm not saying necessary putting an IV into a body is natural, but you know, it's extraordinary times. Uh, we've got in the last 30 years, we have an extraordinary level of pollution in the planet. And so we need extraordinary means to get rid of it. But I want to know is it's okay to put in a, a in fact, Brad, let me just ask you a couple of questions. You open up this can of worms. I want to get back to the, what's getting ready to happen, but you open up this can of worms. So I want to continue down this line just for a minute, if, if it's okay. I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever broken a bone in your body? Yes. Have you ever gone to a hospital to get that broken bone addressed? Yes. What did they do? What's the first thing they did when you had a broken bone? They gave me a shot to numb the pain, and then they set the bone and put it in a cast. What did they do before they gave you the shot and before they put you in the cast? There's something they did to find out where the bone was broken. How did they X-ray. X-ray. Now, do you remember when you walked into the X-ray? Do you remember anything on the door as you walked into that X-ray? Yeah, like, like caution. This fucking shit kills you. Exactly. Why do they have that caution stuff in there? What, what's going to kill you? What exactly is it that's going to kill you? The Radiation. That room or the alligator in behind the counter? I mean, what's going to kill you? Radiation. Radiation. And, and apparently what, your nuts are extra susceptible. That's exactly right. Your organs of reproduction are susceptible. Exactly. Now, have you noticed that the radiology 
tech or the radiologist themselves, if they're in the room, they're wearing some protection, lead protection. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Or they're behind a door, right? There's a lead uh, line door. Yeah. What is the mechanism of radiation causing damage? What is, what is the concern? What does radiation do? Does it make you, you know, pink or does it make your testicles fall? What is it with the radiation that causes the problem? What are they scared of? Maybe the polyunsaturated hydrocarbons that flow through the medulla oblongata and increase the blood flow to the erector pili will malfunction. I don't know. Well, it's actually not, that's not the concern, but that, that is a concern for anybody that, that, that would be a concern, but that's not the concern of radiation. The concern of radiation is it causes mutation of DNA. Ah. It causes the DNA addicts to form. And do you know what the DNA addicts forming and what the mutation of DNA will lead to? Cancer. Cancer, exactly. Now, let's put that aside just for a second. Now, let's say, have you ever seen when people are putting together chemotherapy, when, when they're manufacturing chemotherapy or when they're studying chemotherapy? Have you ever seen pictures of that? Have you seen any video of that? Not manufacturing it, no. Okay. So when people are working with chemotherapy, they're usually wearing protective gear. They're wearing what they call a hazmat suit. Have you ever seen those images? Oh, yeah. Why do you think that they're wearing that, those, those, that hazmat suit? Because what they're manufacturing is created with shit that'll kill you. Interesting. Now, let's go back to the radiation example, and now let's bring in the chemotherapy example. Now you have cancer. You cannot have cancer if you have an intact immune system. But if you have damage to the immune system, you become susceptible to many things, including cancer. Now, we have a normal, healthy person named Brad that has broken his bone, and he goes into the hospital, and you're worried about the radiation causing DNA addicts to form a mutation on the, on the DNA because it could cause cancer. But now you've got a person with cancer. Hey, you know what? Let's just go and give them some radiation anyway. Let's treat the cancer with the radiation that causes the problem in the first place. You know what? Let's go and give them this drug that we know will take a healthy person and kill them and cause cancer. But let's give it to now a cancer patient and we'll, we'll tell them that it's going to help them and let's see what that will do. Einstein said you cannot fix a problem with the same freaking mindset that created it. The freaking part I added in there. I, I inserted that in there. But that's what Einstein said. Now, can you imagine why would anybody that understands what I just explained want to do chemo and radiation? The reason is because of the propaganda that's fed to the doctors. Doctors buy it hook, line, and sinker, and then they take it, and they're put on the pedestal that, hey, you're a doctor. You know better. So when a patient argues with you, you're like, ah, you're just a patient. You don't have a medical degree. You're just an idiot. You just listen to me and do what I tell you. And yeah. that's how our system is set up. So well, now when you say, you know, doctors will give different opinions, Opinions don't mean crap. Facts matter, and what matters is look at look at what the facts are. This double-blind placebo-controlled crossover multi-center trial crap. Okay, that's called they call that evidence-based medicine. No, it's not. Evidence-based medicine means medicine based on the evidence. Okay, it's not based upon a double-blind placebo-controlled crossover multi-center trial. Now, some people would say, "Well, Dr. Patel, that's the evidence-based model." No, it is not. The evidence-based model was based upon Socrates, who said that the first form of science, the first portion of science is observation. Once you observe, you form a hypothesis, then you test that hypothesis. So evidence-based medicine, as they're using it in the double-blind placebo-controlled crossover multi-standard trial, very simply comes down to accumulating a whole bunch of facts. All right? So you get all these facts, and you can build science on it. I agree with that. But just like you can have a whole bunch of bricks, and you can put those bricks together in a certain way and make a house. But a pile of bricks does not make a house. Neither does a pile of facts make science. So to say that you get a, collect a whole bunch of facts based upon a double-blind placebo-controlled crossover multi-center trial, and then call it science, it's like taking a whole bunch of freaking bricks and saying, that's a house. That is not a house. You gotta put it together to form a house. And this is, again, misinformation that's propagated by the media 
and, and doctors, you know, they don't want to be singled out. You know, I'm like an idiot that just likes to be singled out. I don't care. I'm like you, Brad. I really don't give a crap. I only care about my family. I care about what the, my, my, what the creator thinks and what my patients think and what my, my father thinks. So you go ahead. But your kids have had shots before, correct? Negative. Negative. Well, I wish I would have known, but, but uh, you know, I had shots growing up. Nothing happened to me. What about you all the had shots, You had shots at a different time in your life when, look, see, this is what's amazing to me, how many people really don't know. And I know, Brad, you're an informed person, and yet you don't know this, and how many people don't know this. And, I, I've, and I've talked about this in more and more uh, interviews. So, again, we open up a different can of worms. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go here because this is really important. I'm a can opener, doctor. I'm a can opener. And I love that. I love that. I just wish that I wouldn't have to keep on. I feel like I'm a broken record because I keep on saying the same thing. But this is important, so people need to hear this. So, the CDC's own data is that one percent of the world's population has autism right now. One percent of the world's population, seven point seven billion people. That's seventy-seven million people have autism. Now let's look at autism and the history of it. We go back to 1991. The incidence of autism was one in 10,000 children, all right? In 1991, you were probably what, 20 years old? 20, yep. Okay, so, so for us, for people in our generation, we weren't getting the same number. We got the shots like they did before 1991. And, and we got them when we were a year old, two years old, whatever the case was, it was spread out. In 1991, they decided they were going to stamp out childhood diseases and they formed a new agency called the, it was called the National Vaccine Initiative. Actually, it was a new project. They called it the National Vaccine Initiative. And they said, we're going to stomp out childhood diseases from this point on. And from that point in 1991, they started giving vaccines to babies on the first day of the planet. On the first day they're on this planet, they're getting vaccines. Oh, well, what's the big deal with that? I'll give you the big deals. One, Mercury is only eliminated by the uh, alimentary system through the gastrointestinal system naturally. And the gastrointestinal system is not fully formed till one year of age. They're giving children this crap with mercury in it. Two, they're giving this to children under the pretense of building their immune system. Okay, fine. There's only one problem. The immune system, based upon the literature that you read, it doesn't even start forming till the six-month age point. Most places, most literature will say one year to two years. Some literature says the immune system isn't even fully functional until a child is 12 to 14 years old. But let's just go with the six months. At six months, the immune system is able to now mount a response. It's called seroconversion. It's when there's a foreign system, foreign body, like a anti anything that foreign comes into the body is called a haptin or an antigen. It, it gets inside the body. The body sees it as foreign creates what they call an antigen receptor site on the B lymphocyte, which is responsible for making the antibodies. That antigen receptor site is used as a template to now start kicking out antibodies that are the mirror of the antigen comes and locks on and shuts it down. That's how the system works. That process is called seroconversion. That seroconversion is not capable of occurring till a minimum, a minimum of six months of age, more likely about a year out. So now we're giving babies this vaccine under the pretense of protecting them from a disease when their body can't even mount an immune response. So that's number two. So we're introducing foreign things like mercury, crap that's very bad, but we know the body can eliminate it. Formaldehyde, glyphosate, nickel, all this stuff we're introducing to children, these are all toxic substances. Now we're giving it at the time that we're giving a vaccine that's supposed to build the immune system, yet the body can't even seroconvert. And now if our goal is to actually build the immune system, 
why are we giving these things that are immunosuppressive? They drop the immune system. Formaldehyde, mercury, nickel, they all suppress the immune system. Does that make any sense? I'm gonna boost your immune system, but I'm gonna give it to you at a time, then your body can't even convert it. And furthermore, I'm gonna suppress your immune system at the same time. And then so give, give DNA, ad, to give uh, adjuvants. Adjuvants are created, uh, introduced to irritate the human system, to irritate the immune system. So now we, get, we have to give the adjuvants to increase the response. You're giving immunosuppressive, but you're giving these adjuvants that are gonna increase the response that guess what? Have viral loads from other species that have mutated human cell lines in there. It is an exercise in madness. And, and Brad, I'm not gonna let you interrupt me right now because I haven't finished yet. But let's just think about the idiocy of the vaccines. Now, let's look at hepatitis B. A child is born, we're gonna stamp out the hepatitis B. No child's gonna have hepatitis B. Ask any doctor, any doctor that's worth their weight in salt, and they will tell you that hepatitis B affects three populations. One, promiscuous individuals like prostitutes and such. Two, IV drug users. Three, healthcare providers. Not because the healthcare providers are prostitutes of the pharmaceutical industry, but because the healthcare providers are being exposed to IV drug users and prostitutes in the hospital setting. So that is the three uh, subcategories of, of population that are susceptible to hepatitis B. Now, you have hepatitis B that you're concerned about. We also know that you need three injections, usually given a month to two months apart, three shots, and it only works for 10 years, supposedly. You should actually do an antibody titer afterwards to see if you even need another booster. But typically, it's understood that you get three shots. Ten years later, you get another shot as a booster. Now, our baby is born. We're going to give them a vaccine, hepatitis B, that has mercury, formaldehyde, nickel, DNA addicts, all this other crap, at a time their body can't seroconvert, and at the time that their body is not able to clear the mercury and all these poisons with immunosuppressants on board for a disease that do we really think that our child, our newborn baby, before they turn 10 years of age, are going to become a prostitute? an IV drug user or a doctor or a nurse. So tell me, where is the logic in any of this? So people call me an anti-vaxxer. I'm not anti-vaccine, I'm anti-stupidity. And the modern, day um, the modern day vaccine schedule defies every aspect of human physiology whatsoever. There's absolutely no relevance to protecting a child and giving them a vaccine. And there's not one single researcher or doctor that is pro-vaccine that will take me on on a public forum. They will not do it. They refuse. They won't talk, take me on. They won't take Del Bigtree on. They won't take Bobby Kennedy on. They won't take Dr. Sherry Tempany on. They, they won't take anybody so, on because- so, so, why do, <clears throat> so why do all these doctors who, again, seemingly like nice people, you know, enter doctorhood or whatever the hell you call it, you know, to help people. Why is it only a very few with balls will come out and say anything? And why would most of them continue to do it because again, this doesn't sound like rocket science. This sounds like you're just making observations. You're just like, holy shit, this is stupid. This is madness. Well, then why is every doctor not saying anything and continuing to shoot little babies? I think that more and more doctors are becoming aware. And there's, there's a secret footage that was taken at the World Health Organization that Dell Bigtree shows. Um, Dell's, uh, the, he was, he's an Emmy Award winning producer that was the producer for the show Doctors. And they had somebody that came on the show and the doctors kind of teamed up on this parent who was against vaccinations for the reasons that I just outlined. She may not have been as eloquently able to explain it as I did from a physiological perspective. Not that I did it eloquently, but do you understand with, with as much um, clear Mockingbird. I'm sorry? That's Project Mockingbird in, in a full effect. That's right. That's right. 
So they basically because I, I I saw that episode and, and you know what it made me second guess not wanting vaccines. I'm like, well maybe maybe they're right and that's what they're doing. They're softening the public to go take vaccines. That's exactly what it was. And to Dell's credit, he didn't know enough about it, but he started looking at it and he was appalled by what he saw and he left a nice cushion job as a producer of that particular show and ended up helping to produce the first Vax movie. And now he's got his own podcast show that he does online about the dangers of vaccines. And my point is very simply that this particular issue, when you're asking why don't most doctors talk about it? I think part of it's because of fear of ridicule. Doctors are very simple-minded people. They, they've been put on this pedestal. They want to retain that, that status. They don't want to be minimized or ostracized. They don't want to be attacked by the medical boards. They don't want to have their licenses uh, put at risk. I mean, I've been fighting the medical board since 1999, North Carolina Medical Board. I've taken them on, I, I cannot even tell you how many times. I mean, it's like every year, uh, you know, something happens. In fact, now at this point in the last, last couple of years, you know, when there's something out, they just, they just want me to go away. My attorney said this, like, they don't even want to deal with you. They just want you to go away because they, they've bitten into you so many times, they've gotten a bad taste. One of my original attorneys told me, he said, he goes, you're like Rocky. And I was thinking, like Rocky, like, yeah, I'm a good fighter. And he's like, no, no, they just punch you and punch you and punch you. And you're still standing. They just got tired of punching. So they're like, let's find somebody else that we can punch either. So that's really what it comes down to. I don't know why other doctors aren't speaking up about it. I think more doctors have started speaking up about it. Um, I think three weeks ago when I did the very first release, I really called out a lot of doctors. And to their credit, some have stepped forward. Some nurses have stepped forward. And, and I applaud them. Um, to the rest of them that aren't saying anything, you know, you, you can't, I've been told that I need to be more compassionate towards doctors. I, I had a friend tell me years ago, I need to be more compassionate. And I thought, what the hell are you talking about? I mean, my patients love me. I mean, they, they, they do anything for me. I have, I have patients tell me that they would take a bullet for me. And he said, no, I'm not talking about your patients. I'm not talking about the general public. I'm talking about, you need to be more compassionate about doctors for doctors. And I have a real hard time being compassionate for doctors because I have for 29 years been a doctor and I have seen firsthand over and over and over and over again, doctors not doing the right thing because they were more interested in personal safety. And I'm not just talking about speaking out, I'm talking about even things when it comes to patients. There is, there is a very, very sad statistic, Brad, that most of the world doesn't know. And this is not a new statistic. This was actually published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, I believe in 2004. The first leading cause of disease, or sorry, the first leading cause of death in the industrialized world. In the third world, you know, it's infection, it's a lack of water, lack of uh, sanitation. But in the industrialized world, in the, the G8, the leading cause of death, heart disease, cancer. Let's skip over number three for a second and fourth, neurodegenerative disease. When you look at cancer and heart disease, they represent 80% of all deaths on the planet, okay? This is information that was released by the World Health Organization and also data that was collected by John Hopkins. Um, I'm, I'm bringing two different statistics together. They, do, they both had two different statistics. So World Health Organization said 80% of all causes of death in the industrialized world are uh, cancer and heart disease. And if you add neurodegenerative disease to it, then it's 92% of causes of the death. So that means 92 out of 100 people that are dying are dying of neurodegenerative cancer, neurodegenerative disease, cancer, heart disease. Now, 8% of people are dying. The remaining 8% are dying from all natural disasters, all wars, all other disease processes, homicide, suicide, accidents, whatever. Everything else only represents 8% of death. 92% are coming from heart disease, cancer, and neurodegenerative disease. Now you go to the 2004 study, 
from uh, the John Hopkins data, the top medical school in the United States, as published in, in the Journal of the American Medical Association. And please uh, excuse if I've got the, excuse me if I've got the wrong reference. If it's 2004, 2005, it's sometime in that time frame. You look at their published study. It talks about number one cause, number two cause. It alternates between cancer and heart disease. It used to be cancer, now it's heart disease. But regardless, it was cancer then. Two was heart disease. Number three was something called iatrogenic disease. Number four was neurodegenerative disease. Do you know what iatrogenic disease is? No. Iatrogenic disease, and th this is how sad the medical profession is. We have our own terms to describe certain things so the public doesn't understand. Iatrogenic means doctor-induced. It means as a result of coming to the doctor, whether it's directly the doctor or the hospital or you know, the pharmaceutical intervention, it's induced by the medical profession, by the healthcare profession. That was the third leading cause of death as published by John Hopkins in the Journal of the, National, the American, JAMA, Journal of the American Medical Association. Now, do you know what- Which the means doctor mistake, right? Doctor-induced mistake. That was the third leading cause of death. Now, do you know what the defense was to the people that argued against that data? Take a while, guess what the defense was about, you know, how would you defend it? If somebody said you're the third leading cause of death on the planet or in the industrialized world, what would your defense be? I would, my defense would be, I'm only doing what you're telling me to do, pricks. That's, well, and that's what you would think. That'd be the logical answer. You know what the defense of the medical hierarchy was to try to defend those statistics? What? It's not the third leading cause of death. They said that the, the data was wrong. It was only, get this, it was only the fifth leading cause of death. That was the defense, that it wasn't the third leading cause, it was the fifth leading cause. It shouldn't be even in the top 1,000 leading causes of death. Yeah. But yet, that was their defense. Now, I'll tell you, there have been three times in history that I know of that doctors went on strike. Once was in Israel, once was in California, and I don't remember where the third time was. But all three times that the doctors went on strike, guess what's happened to it? The death rate, it dropped. Drops. And when wow. they came back, went back up. So... One of my questions, and again, I want to get back to what's coming. That's most important. But I, I had a list of questions because I just wanted for my own uh, intelligence and, and, and answers. It's like, for example, how do you choose a doctor that's woke? Is there, are there questions where you can walk in and say, hey, doc, how you doing? Yeah, I'll let you be my doctor. But first, answer me these questions because I want a woke doctor. Like, I'd let you do some shit, but I wouldn't let just any old doctor uh, start, start tinkering. Now, how do you find a woke doctor? Brad, you, you're the first person to ask me that question, like I said, in the last six months. Uh, the question is a really good question, and I will answer it to the best of my ability. You actually already answered it. You answered it in the beginning when you said that when you're, when you're listening to somebody, when you're listening to information, truth has a way of resonating. And I believe that the reason that so many people are coming to our social media channels and so many people are reaching out to us, and the reason that... YouTube and Facebook and mainstream media is censoring us is because they're afraid of truth and people want the truth. And that's why the people are coming to us in, in hordes. I mean, tens of thousands of people are coming. Now, the very, very simple fact is that if you recognize how the gut feeling is working or your intuition is working or that sixth sense is working, that is actually, to me, source energy communicating with us. That's God. That's the creator. Okay. That's the the Jewish, Buddhist, uh, Christian, Jew, Muslim, all the stuff that you said, that is the guide telling us, our own body telling us that we should be listening. So some people will say the creator doesn't talk to me. The creator talks to all of us. Most of us are too busy opening our mouths and running our mouths to listen. So that's one reason things like 
being in silence, being um, you know, in, in a natural setting, in a garden, in, in taking a walk in the woods, meditating, whatever you want to call it. That's why it's so important. It allows us to become in tune with ourselves so we can hear those voices. That intuition will lead you. If you go to, to, to a doctor and you talk to a doctor and he doesn't even say anything, but you just feel good about him. You, you feel a, a good vibe from him. That's the doctor you should choose. If you have a doctor that doesn't give you a good vibe, then that's not a doctor you should be with. You know, I've gotten to shouting match with, my with a couple of my patients. I mean, like literally shouting matches. But those same patients will not go to any other doctor because they know that I, can, I, I don't, I mean, I will verbally slap somebody to wake them up. If they're my patient, I, my job isn't to be their friend. And I tell them all the time, my job isn't here to stroke your ego and make you feel good. My job is to get you better. And if you're not going to do what I'm asking you to do, and you think you're going to die on my watch, you're mistaken. I'm discharging you from my practice. You know that I've never, ever had a patient want to leave our clinic ever. Even the ones that I've had a hard time with because they're not listening to me, they don't, they don't want to leave. Now, the reason is, I think, because we connect with people, okay? The doctors that are good, in my opinion, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that I need people to come to me. That's not what I'm saying. I want people to feel right with whichever doctor. There'll be people that don't mix with my personality. So if you trust the feeling that you have, then trust that, that doctor. If you feel good about that person, then, then that's the person you want to go to. If a doctor takes your power away, if a doctor tries to minimize your understanding of something, because I'll tell people all the time, I, I, I'll say this all the time. I'll say, look, do you want to understand this or do you want me to get you better? Because I'm not here to teach you all this stuff, the, the, how the physiology works. I'm, being a physician means to teach. And that, I want to empower people and teach them the stuff like what we're doing right now. But to teach them why their other doctor was wrong when they come to me and they say, well, my other doctor said and so, so then go to your other doctor. Why are you coming here? So I don't have patients to explain the basic physiology to them. They can learn it. They can read about it. They can learn it. That's great. But I want people to come. Like, in other words, what I'm saying is I'm not here to convince somebody. I am not going to ever convince somebody that they should go this route versus that route. I don't do that. Once they come to me, then there's a different story. Once they've come to me, then, then I'm going to tell them. But I'm, I, I don't want to be the car salesman trying to convince them to come to my type of treatment because, look, guess what? If that person decides to go and get the conventional treatment, they decide to have a bypass surgery instead of getting IV chelation therapy, for example, what do you think that person is going to have in their mind the last thing when the anesthesiologist tells them to count backwards as they get, get ready to be opened up for the bypass? The last thing they're going to think about is that doctor in North Carolina or in California or in Texas with that gray hair whose name was Butter or something like that said that I shouldn't have that surgery done because the statistics are that, you know, 5% of people that are going to have the surgery are going to die or whatever. That's the last thing they're going to think about. So I don't want to put that in that person's mind. So I don't give them any opinion. I will listen to them. I will give them as much as I can, but my goal is not to convince them. The person that's the ideal person for me is a person that's already done their homework. They already know, like when the person walks in, they goes, I don't care what you do, Dr. Patar. If you don't treat me, I'm going to die. And I don't care. I'd rather die than to get that chemo and radiation. That's the person that I know that I don't need to explain anything. They've already told me that they would choose death over chemo and radiation. I don't need to convince them. They're the person for me. That's me. But every doctor is different. You need to find a doctor that resonates with you, that connects with you on, a, on an emotional, psychological, spiritual level. And if you feel that, that's the doctor for you. If a doctor takes your power away, walk away. Go away. If they, if they try to make you think like you're stupid for asking a question or they tell you that you're an idiot because you believe something else or they denounce some other type of thought process or, or they tell you that you're wrong, walk away. Find another doctor. So <clears throat> second question, how is Fauci not in jail? That's it. 
I, I, don't, I can't even answer. I have no idea. I mean, he's committed treason as far as I'm concerned. You know, he's gone against a U.S. governmental moratorium. He bypassed what a government regulation was to do exactly what the government didn't want to be done. And he went against that, put that money out there. Uh, and that, and that's he's got a track record of this. Yeah, that's documented. Like, this isn't conspiracy shit. He, there's documented proof of this, correct? That's exactly right. That's what President Trump, during one of the um, news briefs that he had, they asked him about it. And he said that, well, we've been looking into this and we're going to find out what, how much money it was. Uh, I think there was a question whether it was 3.7 or 3.5 million. But yeah, they've been looking at it. And in fact, even today in the news, they said that uh, President Trump is thinking about disbanding the coronavirus task force. And of course, mainstream media was bashing him. But that's exactly what he needs to do because those bastards have an agenda. Their agenda is to misinform the public, keep everybody hidden so that they can roll out this next phase that's coming out. And, you know, I don't want to jump forward. I want to answer your questions, Brad. But one thing that comes to mind is that if you think about this action that's been taking place, what, what Fauci's been doing, it goes all the way back to 1981. And one of the doctors that I was on that I did a roundtable with on our part six, as well as the roundtable she and I did together. And then she was also on our, on our TTAV bonus component that they did last Sunday. Uh, her name is Dr. Judy Mikowitz, and she's become a good friend. She actually worked at the National Institute of Health for 22 years. She was doing the gain of function studies on Ebola. And when she realized what was happening with some of the research that she was involved with and how those vaccines were directly causing autism and cancer and came out to talk about it and became a whistleblower, Fauci threatened her career. And when that didn't work, he threatened her life. And to her credit, she still stood up and talked. And they framed her. They got her arrested. She went to jail. And then she had a, a gag order that she could not talk about this. They tried to have her recant her research. She refused to do that. They tried to get the research to destroy it. Luckily, she had copies of it, and she had that stashed away. She kept it safe. And now the gag lord is lifted, and now she's speaking out. In fact, she just had a book that came out called Plague of Corruption and details the entire component. Fauci has committed significant number of crimes, and it's not just this one. It goes back. And, you know, the thing that I don't understand, I, I don't understand, is that how could he sit there at George Washington University in 2017 and make the statement in front of other professionals that there will be a surprise pandemic during this presidency. Now, how do you know that there's going to be a surprise pandemic unless, unless you're planning it? I mean, how yeah. does somebody know that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's like those type of things are not really explainable. And it, that's the kind of common sense I'm talking about. Just like when Bill Gates said, if we do a really good job, with Planned Parenthood and, and vaccines, we can reduce the population. Like, what the hell does that mean? If we do a I mean, really exactly good job said, with right? vaccines, that's, we'll have less people in the world? That's exactly, what, that's exactly what he was saying. And when you come back to Fauci for a second, you know, the thing is that, look at the media. This is the thing that really, really makes me mad. If the media was honest and fair, people like Fauci and Gates would have never gotten their agenda. This, me, this whole thing that's happened on the planet this COVID-19 would have never gone anywhere because there's nowhere for them to, to get that word out there and, and create this misinformation. But it was media that made it happen. Media made it happen. This goes back to your Project Mockingbird, right? The media was responsible for getting this information, this misinformation, and perpetrating it out to everybody. It was a media that then jumped on when, when Fauci said there's going to be a surprise pandemic. Notice what the media said. The president should have known about this. They knew about it in 2017, and they did nothing about it. 
really? That's what you're going to say? You're not going to ask how did he know about it in 2017? Rather than ask that, that question, completely glaze over it and say that the president is responsible because he didn't do anything about it and he should have known about it from 2017 onwards when Dr. Fauci announced it. No, that's not the question. The question is, how did Fauci know about it? You know, this is like shooting the messenger, shooting the whistleblower. Um, when Hillary Clinton's emails, I don't want to get political here, but Hillary Clinton's emails come out, they went after the people that hacked the emails. Never mind about the crimes that were committed on the emails. They just want to know who broke the law and hacked into her emails. That's where the agenda was. It was, it was this, this um, diversion, right? Distraction. They, they like wave a flag here to get your attention. Say, this is where you should be paying attention. Don't look at this. Don't look at the crime. Look at this. Who exposed the crime? That's the bad person. I mean, it's just, it's just. Yeah, like, like, like they just released the UFO videos all of a sudden. It's like yeah. people are starting to wake up on the COVID crap and the, and the, and the jive free technology. And all of a sudden it's like, look, UFOs. Yep. Look, UFOs exist. Hey, listen, I know you got another uh, uh, thing to run. I hope we can make this part one and, 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 and have you back because I got so many more questions, but I want to respect the other people that want your time. Um, you're, what you said was coming basically is ultimately they're going to ease restrictions. We're going to start going out. We're going to start getting sick for a number of reasons. Then they're going to introduce the vaccines. Then they're going to... Uh, uh, the, sec the second wave of vaccines, Brad, is going to be the made mandatory. The first wave, they know that they can't make it mandatory, so they're going to soften it. But then they're going to blame the technology and the people getting sick on the vaccines. They're going to say it's COVID-19. It's the second wave. Where it's not, it's going to be the technology and the vaccines that they've given. And that's when they're going to try to make it mandatory. And that's where people like me will be rounded up, put in a concentration camp under the pretense of protecting the rest of the people that have been vaccinated because I haven't been vaccinated, so I present a risk. Again, devoiding the whole aspect of logic. Tell me this, if they've been vaccinated and if the vaccine works according to them, then why should me or anybody else that's unvaccinated be a threat? Because you've already been, you've already been vaccinated, you're already protected. And again, it's completely escaping the normal logical sequential thought pattern and creating this illogical pattern and pushing this agenda that the media is going to push. Did you see that hot mic from the, from the White House where they were talking? He says, you don't need a mask. The studies came out. This ain't as deadly as it thought. And then the guy says, well, we're all vaccinated anyway. Well, I thought there was no vaccination. Well, that, whatever the vaccination is that they're thinking about, I think, again, man, anything man touches, they screw it up. They thought this was going to be a highly virulent, highly resistant pathogen. Um, it's, you know, it's zero to 60 in 0.1 seconds. It's that bad, but it doesn't do anything unless a person is susceptible and they're susceptible if they're elderly and sick and they've had a history of vaccinations in the past. That's what I believe. And they've got, they've got an exposure to other types of toxicity, whether it's outgassing from incinerary burn, burning that was happening in uh, Wuhan or chemtrails or any other type of uh, combustion of fossil fuel, any other type of toxicity from that. And then they're exposed to this uh, radio frequency electromagnetic fields for this dirty energy or the technology we're talking about. So all those things play a parcel. And Brad, I want to just, th this is a really, really important part. So I just want to go ahead and mention this. Um, the, the pharmaceutical company that has been earmarked to create this vaccine, there's 80 different um, vaccines in the cooker right now. Okay, that's what they're working on. But the one that was, the, there's a company called Moderno. CNN covered this and Robert F. Kennedy uh, was talking to me and a couple of other people about this. This Moderno has won. It was on the brink of uh, bankruptcy. It was $1.5 billion in the hole. Gates has been propping it up. Fauci has now earmarked them to be the one that are going to get the contract to make this, this vaccine, okay, this vaccine for COVID-19. 
And it hasn't been granted yet, but from what I understand, that's what they're earmarking this company. Now, here's the thing about Moderna. One, it was a big article that was written about it. I believe it was in CNN. A big article they wrote about it. And what I want to bring your attention to is the last portion of it, which, which you know, a lot of people may not even get to that last portion. But here's the facts about Moderna that they didn't talk about in CNN. One, they've never made a vaccine ever. Two, they've never made anything human that can be consumed by humans ever. Three, this has been a company on the edge of bankruptcy that Gates, as I said, fished out and the Fauci earmarked for this vaccine production. Four, they have bypassed all human, I'm sorry, all animal experimentation completely. They're gonna introduce it straight into humans. Next, five, it's the first RNA vaccine that will be commercially available. RNA, remember viruses are RNA fragments and DNA fragments. When you have RNA, RNA naturally goes into our DNA to help repair and, and uh, regenerate parts of the DNA that have been damaged. This RNA vaccine will go into our DNA and it will rewrite our DNA, not just at that moment, but continue like a domino effect, it will continue to rewrite our DNA. It will not metaphorically change us, it will literally morphologically change us. It will change what it means to be a human to the point that they don't want anybody that's going to be getting the experimental vaccines during the studies to engage in sexual intercourse because they're afraid that if they reproduce, we will see what the first generation of babies are going to be looking like. That's why they don't want anybody to be engaged in sexual intercourse. If this agenda comes to fruition, our children will not be able to have children. And two generations down, we will not be humans like we know, like we are now. So this is truly, I'm not trying to exaggerate. If anything, I'm under emphasizing this. We are literally talking about the future of the human species. This agenda has to be stopped. And this little blip that we've got of time is when people need to understand that the US Constitution is not a document of convenience. It is a document that was formed in the belly of the worst time in the history of the United States. It was, it was formed and honed in during a terrible, terrible crisis. And now when there's another crisis that's hitting us, we say, oh, no, we're going to put the Constitution aside. You know, they've been trying to disarm Americans for the last 10 years. I've got friends from all over the world. I've got patients from 93 countries. They all say the same thing to me. Dr. Buttar, I hope you Americans understand how important it is that you never give up your arms. Because as the U.S. goes, so does the rest of the world. So to everybody that is a retired military or retired law enforcement or active duty law enforcement and military, I want you to listen to these words. Your oath was to defend and protect the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, all enemies, foreign and domestic. So remember that oath that you took. I've had law enforcement people and military, military people tell me that they're going to give up their uniform. No, don't give up your uniform. Wear that uniform with pride and look to your right and to your left and tell your fellow soldiers and fellow law enforcement, educate them, help them become aware, share those videos, have them come to Brad to your link or to any links that explain this, make them aware because as soon as you take off your uniform, you are just like any one of us and your children are going to be susceptible just like our children are. So it is your job to defy an illegal order. Remember that if you follow an illegal order, you are guilty of a war crime. It is your job to stand up and refute that order. Already there are sheriffs in Arizona, in Massachusetts that have said they are not going to follow the governor's orders. This is not Nazi Germany. We're not gonna randomly stop people and ask them for their papers. To those sheriffs, I applaud you and I salute you. And to the rest of the sheriffs, 
follow their lead. For law enforcement, for military, follow their lead because your job is to defend those that can't defend themselves. Your job is to stand up for the rights of those that are not able to speak or that are not able to protect themselves. And when somebody gives you an order to do something, whatever that order is gonna be in the future, remember that. And you to your right and to your left, every one of you remember that and stand up for that because there's something that's coming down the pipeline and you are going to be the reason that we are going to be successful and our future of, of mankind is going to not just be back to normal. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a, an abundant world. I'm so grateful for this time right now, Brad. The reason is because it's coming all to a head. All the lies cannot disappear. What I've been talking about for 29 years or 25 years, I've been a doctor 29 years, but for 25 years, I've been talking about you know, the vaccine issue, the cancer issue, the heart disease, the misinformation, the media propagating lies. It's all coming to a head. It's everything. Over 20 years ago at a conference, I said, and I've probably said it at least a half a dozen times since then, that if there was ever going to be another civil war in our country, it would be over the issue of vaccination. And now I see it happening. I never envisioned it was going to be over this vaccination issue. I thought it was going to be about childhood vaccinations, but I think this is what's coming. And we can prevent that by people becoming informed, empowered with knowledge, because once you're informed and once you're empowered with knowledge, you regain your autonomy and you can never be victimized. They can't take advantage of that. Do you, do you fear uh, retaliation, like physical, like, do you, like, obviously, you know, you see some people show up, uh, they committed suicide, supposedly. Are you in fear of that at all? Brad, does it, to you, does it seem like that I'm in fear of that? No, but I mean, I'm, I'm in fear for you because again, when you get someone that speaks intelligently, that they have the background, like when I say shit, like you're saying, cause I've said it, go watch my face, go watch my Instagram post. You're going to be like, dude, dude, that, that's what I say. People say, oh, fuck, dude, you're, you ain't a doctor. Shut your pie hole. And I'm like, dude, I'm listening to doctors. Like, what are you talking about? I'm just repeating what I've heard. Why aren't you listening? And why don't people wake up? And then all of a sudden I start to think, man, dude, a guy like you with credibility, like me, they're going to write me off as a, I don't know what I'm talking about. You with credibility, aren't those the kind that like disappear? Well, so first of all, that's, I think that's the reason that they're censoring me. But the second thing is that I served in the US Army. I was served with the 2nd Infantry Division. I was attached to the 101st Air Assault Division. I served with the 5th Special Forces Group. You know, I've had to take off my dog tags. I've had to take off my American flag of my uniform. God forbid unforeseen circumstances were to occur. US forces couldn't be housed in those areas. And I, so I've put my life on the line for my country like many, many, many soldiers have and like many who have sacrificed with their lives. And right now, this is the greatest threat that not just America has faced and the American nation has faced, but every soldier, every law enforcement officer is facing in their respective countries. This is the future of mankind. Um, as far as my personal safety, let's, like when you said you're concerned about me and many people have said that, then I hope that you'll pray for me and you'll ask the creator to allow me to do his will and to make my sword swift and accurate. And that's all, that's the most precious thing anybody can do, but that's all you need to do because I believe who's backing me up is bigger and better than anybody on the planet, than anybody in the universe. And if, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. Um, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> if the creator, if it's my time, I mean, I've looked up and said, today's a good day to die. And, you know, I get this message back, you know, figuratively, I mean, I feel it like God's laughing at me saying, yeah, you wish it was going to be that easy and you could come back home. You still got a lot of work to do. So that's why I look at it. You know, we're all put on here on this planet for some reason. I don't want my children not to be able to have children. I want my children to have a better world that, than we had. And there's an opportunity right now for we as a human species 
to rise to that occasion and make this world a better planet and rid ourselves of all this unfairness for generations, for, for thousands of years that's happened so that we can truly understand that we are all, all connected. So we can get rid of this division that's been created and unify and come together and unite for that next evolutionary leap that I believe is the destiny of mankind. Amen. I'll tell you, man, that's awesome. And, and again, I have so many more questions. Hopefully we're going to reach back out and see if we can, can't schedule a part two with you. I know you're slammed and you're probably not going to have time, but if you see oh, we, us we'll come it, back right? on. I, listen, I, I love your energy and I like your message. I like the bomb, you know, drop in the bombshells and we'll just make it happen. We just got to coordinate it. But my, my staff, you know, I, I'm saying you guys are booking too many things for me, but then whenever I'm on and I connect with somebody, I'm like, get them on. They're like, how are we supposed to get them on? So listen, it'll, we'll make it happen. All right. Sounds good. Now, listen, folks, go follow Dr. Buttar at Dr. B-U-T-T-A-R on Instagram, Dr. Rashid A. Buttar on Facebook. You can Google him. You're not going to be able to miss him. And then where's that download link? Because I'm going to ask everyone in the bomb squad to download those videos and put them wherever you think they cannot be deleted. Because again, there's a whole bunch of them. And if you sit there and take the time and listen to this gentleman, you are going to literally uh, start to start to, I think, like realize that it's just too compelling and it's too evident for it to be false. Now, again, where's that link that they can go download? So uh, first thing, Brad, I want to say, if I like somebody, I want them to pronounce my name right. And my name has been mutilated. I like you. So my first name is actually Rashid. And so Rashid. The, the world has it. Yeah. So I appreciate the, I appreciate you. Believe me, there've been some people that have interviewed me. I have not corrected their names and no disrespect to them, but um, you know, for the people that are interviewing me and especially if I like you, I, I want you to be able to pronounce my name right. That's Rashid. Rashid is the adjective. Rashid is the, is the active participle. And that means uh, one who stays on the right path of life. So anyway, I just want to let you know that first. Second thing is, uh, the, the link is askdrbutar. So A-S-K-D-R-B-U-T-T-A-R dot com forward slash T-R-B-L. Correct? Is that right? T-R-B-L? Sure. Yeah. The Real Bradley T-R-B-L. Yes. That's where they download so, these videos. Well, they're going to go there and it'll give them a number of things. We're going to have a petition there. They, there's going to be a tool that, that they can just enter in their zip code and they can let all their legislators from the federal, state, and local municipality level know what they think of what's going on, putting them on notice. They'll get, then give them an opportunity to answer, uh, answer a number of questions if they want to get involved, if they're law enforcement, military, attorneys, doctors, and then it'll take them to a, a resource page that if they click on any of those pages, they'll see all the COVID-19 videos, they click on it, the head map will take them to the advanced medicine dashboard. It'll already be populated with the invitation code because nobody can get in without an invitation code. So it'll already be taken care of. And all they do is they get in there. They'll have all those resources. There's nothing for them to buy there. There's nothing that they can spend money on. The only thing they could is join the IADFW, but they don't have to do that. The videos, the tools, the head map, all that stuff is free and they can get those resources. And then when they get there, Brad, I want everybody to look on the upper right-hand corner of their own personal dashboard and they'll see their name. You know, you can click on edit profile. You can add your name and your last name in there. You can, you know, do whatever else you want there. You can add your own icon, your own avatar. But right underneath their name will be a yellow five or six digit number. And that's their personal invitation code that they can invite people to come back to the advanced medicine dashboard and then also continue to, to um, share this information so that people can go and download the videos. They can't censor the videos once it's on your smartphone, once it's on your iPad, on your computer. And that's why I want people to go get these videos, download them, do whatever you want with them. And we're going to have about another 30 short, seven, five to seven minute videos that other people have put together that are beautiful. London Real, Valuetainment, 
uh, maybe some of the things that you put out, you know, if you have people that put some of these things together into small segments that are digestible, we'll put all those videos there so that we can spread this out to the all corners of the globe so people understand what they need to know. They can become empowered. And that's how we're going to make this thing totally go away. And that's how we're going to usher the better world in hopefully in the next six months or so. Yeah, not to mention, folks, listen, that, that also connects us. Because, again, it's my belief that the reason why, why we are not in power, at least in the United States anymore, is because they destroyed the we. There is no we because we're arguing, we're bitching, we're moaning, we're complaining. There's no, there's no you know, th- there's no unity. So, again, this, this starts to bring back that unity where we all have one voice, one opinion, one thought. And, again, ultimately – if you, if you uh, care about the future, care about your children, man, I would highly recommend you go do that. AskDrButar.com forward slash TRBL. Doctor, I appreciate your time. I, I uh, commend your courage. It's unbelievable that you're willing to step out and, and, and have this kind of, you know, enthusiasm and, and willingness to expose yourself to all of the shit I'm sure you're getting. So uh, I, right, for I, one. I just, I just want you to know that I don't see it that way. I see it that, again, it's we're fighting for future for for the future of humanity, right? And you you're taking a risk by putting me on there. People, I, there was a guy by the name of Mark Bell. He's a fitness guy. Has 500,000 subscribers. He had me on his podcast right off in the beginning. He had 40,000 people unsubscribed. Start attacking him. All sorts of things. You know what he came up with? He came up with race to zero subscribers. He said, I don't give a crap. This is the truth. And now what's happened is. You know, he, I had a conversation with him. He said he doesn't, didn't care. He just wanted to get the truth out there. And now it hit that bottom portion around 450 and it started climbing back up. And now he's got more subscribers because it allowed people to understand, you know, uh, attracted people that were seeking the truth. And so I appreciate your courage. And I, I don't need any accolade for having any courage because to me, this is not great. It's like you telling me, you know, you really breathe well. I don't know what else to do because this is my kid's future. This is your kid's future. This is the future of mankind. And everybody should be doing this. If we don't do it, we're going to be cattle. And, and we're not going to have, this is, this is going to be the next, you know, this is a sixth, this would be the sixth extinction level event on the planet. Because the fifth one was when the dinosaurs became extinct. We don't want that to happen with the human species. I don't want that to happen. I know you don't want that to happen. So I appreciate your efforts to get this information out as well. Likewise. Again, man, stay safe. We will talk soon. I'll reach out. And I'm obviously following you from now on. So is the Bomb Squad. We support you. And if you need anything, I'm going to send you my cell phone. I'll register and call me if you need anything. I appreciate that. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, doctor. Talk soon. 